You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Seattle. Three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Great to have you back once again. Uh, Mariners taking on the Yankees and beating the Yankees in game one of the three-game series. Looking to continue the home roll again. I'll take on the Yankees again tonight. We have a lot to get to in this podcast. We'll roll through the highlights from the, what it was, another incredible ball game last night. We'll take a quick look at the standings. That's become a very fun thing to do on a daily basis on the podcast. Also coming up, Mike Zanino thundered another giant home run. We had a long conversation about Mike Zanino and everything he's been doing. That's going to come up in a few minutes. Also, I'm going to play for you something I put together, a tribute to Dave Henderson, his life and his career in baseball and with the Seattle Mariners. So that comes up at the very end of the podcast as well. So a lot to get to, and we'll start with the game last night. Mariners taking on the Yankees game one of the series. The Mariners looking to bounce back after what was a really tough ninth inning against the Brewers where Milwaukee came back and scored four in the frame, ended up winning the ball game. Mariners still got the series but really wanted the sweep. They had a chance to pull into a tie for the second wild card. They couldn't do it. And now playing the Yankees in the first game of a three-game series and the Yankees jump out on the M's. They score one in the first, one in the second, a 2-0 lead heading to the fourth inning. And then the Mariners would get on the board on a 3-0 pitch. Kyle Seager would go deep. 3-0 pitch. The Seager swing and a fly ball deep center field. Ellsbury to the one. He tracked to the wall. Goodbye baseball. One swing of the bat. Holy smokes. Kyle Seager comes through with a three-run home run straight away center field with Cano and Cruz aboard. And yes, indeed, the Mariners take a one-run lead, three to two. Three to two, the Mariners take the lead right there as Kyle Seeger takes a 3-0 pitch and drives it out. You know, it's really interesting to look at 3-0 pitches because it's, it's surprising how few 3-0 pitches get put in play. The Mariners now as a team hitting 3-0, batting 583, 7-for-12, two home runs, five doubles, and eight RBIs. Doesn't sound like a lot, does it? But when you look at the at-bats, they're actually in the top five in baseball in at-bats on 3-0 pitches, which really means 3-0 pitches that are put in play. So they're among the top five there, and Kyle Seeger drives out a home run. It just it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often where uh, someone gets the green light, they take a swing, and they put it in play. It just doesn't happen a lot. But the numbers, man, 583, 
Two home runs and five doubles for the M's this year and eight RBIs. And Seager took a big rip at that and drove it out for a home run. That was big. Uh, the Yankees, though, come back. They score three in the top of the sixth. So they captured the lead back five to three. Sanchez was a problem all game. He hit two home runs in the ball game. Castro hit two home runs in the ball game as well. Ball was flying all over the place. Yankees... They hit their share of home runs. The difference was the Mariners hit a pair of three-run home runs as Mike Zanino gave the Mariners the lead back. Zanino ready. Here comes the payoff pitch. He swings, hits it high, the opposite way. This sends Judge back. He's on the warning track. He's curling. He's at the wall. It's gone. Mariners are on top. Two out, three-run homer. Mike Zanino is ninth on the season. It has been two home runs for the Mariners to make for six runs in total and Mike Zanino has given the Mariners a six to five lead huge Mike Zanino does it again and after that home run his numbers at that point batting 311 in the month of August with six homers and 16 RBIs and I think what's most impressive is of those six home runs Three of them have been the opposite way for Mike Zanino. Three of his six home runs this month have been the opposite way. For a little compare and contrast, he hit one opposite field homer last year for the entire season. And to me, that says volumes about what is working for him at the plate right now. To me, that is a very significant number. He is so strong, he can drive the ball out of any park anywhere. But approach-wise, when he is thundering the ball the other way like that, that is a great, great sign. He has been so big for this team since coming up. Defensively, we talk about how good he is defensively and offensively as well. We're going to have a longer conversation here in a few minutes about Mike Zanino and all his contributions. So the Mariners, with the lead at that point, as – Mike Zanino goes yard. And then a defensive gem by Sean O'Malley. The defense uh, came on, uh, the hands team came on in the seventh inning, and Sean O'Malley turns in a beauty. Again, the 0-2. Swinging a high fly ball out to right field. O'Malley just in the game over by the line. O'Malley is in foul territory, running out of room, leaps into the seats, and does he make the catch? He has tumbled into the seats, and O'Malley brought it in. He makes the catch. An absolutely incredible catch from O'Malley just off the bench. It's at number two. That was amazing. That was a really impressive catch by O'Malley. Into the stands, made the catch. We're going to hear from him in a second about that catch. But that was an absolute beauty. Mariners were done playing long ball. They would add on. 3-2 pitch on the way to Cruz. Swing and a fly ball deep to left field. This one is going, and it is gone into Edgar's Cantina. He did it. Nelson Cruz with number 32 on the year. The Mariners with a huge insurance run here in the bottom of the eighth inning. It's now the Mariners seven and the Yankees five. And for the Mariners, their third home run tonight. Holy smokes, how about that? Well, insurance action for the M's. So a two-run lead going into the ninth. Edwin Diaz struggled with his fastball command again, gave up a hit and a walk and a balk. 
moved the runners into scoring position. So the tying runs in scoring position. But Edwin Diaz, as he has been doing, found a way to get it done. The 2-2 pitch, swing and a ground ball to Cano at second. He's got it, throws the first, it's over. The Mariners win it. 7-5 over the Yankees to take game one of this three-game series. The Mariners get back to 10 over 500. They're now 67 and 57 on the year. Edwin Diaz will pick up his 10th save of the season. Some high drama there in the ninth inning, but they get it done 7-5. to five. The Mariners get the win. They are 10 games above 500, 10 games above 500 at home as well, 36-26. and 26. They have been one of the best clubs at home in baseball the past couple of months as they just keep on winning at home. So they take game one of this series. They'll look for the series win tonight against the Yankees. Let's hear from Sean O'Malley first and that incredible catch. Sean, that play, you just get into the game. You're off the bench and you are into the stands. Just how did that unfold for you? Just like you saw it, uh, I was in the game and, you know, just got to be ready for everything. And, you know, I tracked the ball and I was got close to the wall and I was like, I think I can catch it. So let's see what happens. So I just gave a lunge at it and, you know, fortunately no fans, you know, touched it or anything and, Fell, fell, fell in the right glove, and uh, you know somebody broke my fall up there. So thank you for whoever did that. <laughs> that was nice. It didn't look like there was a lot of help on TV, but there was. <laughs> yeah, apparently I thought I was gonna. As soon as I caught it, I think I was more amazed I caught it, and then the fact when I got to the ground, it was I was pain free. I was more excited about that, I think. <laughs> and how are you now? I see some ice. Is oh yeah, we're good. Ice? This is just normal. This is just uh, everyday uh, grinding ice, I guess you could call it. <laughs> Uh, is that a play? You've, I guess you could make that a shortstop or in the infield, but have you ever gone over the wall before? Um, I think maybe in like when I was younger, like in lower levels, uh, AAA maybe, but I don't think I've ever caught the ball. Usually I just got my legs taken out and flipped over the wall with, uh, without, without, it, without coming back with it. So uh, to do it here is you know, that much more cool. It was very cool. That was a great catch, a big out. Here's what the skipper Scott Service said after the ball game. Win by the homer, you die by the homer. I think that's the story of tonight's game. We had a rough one yesterday, and, and we got some big hits tonight. So, uh, uh, really uh, happy with the way our team responded after a uh, rough uh, finish of the game yesterday. It was, it was nice to see. Got down early, and we just hung in there. And obviously, we got some big three-run homers. That, that was the difference. Mike hitting a ball that far opposite field like that in that count, I mean, is that just another sign that he's kind of where he wanted to be? No doubt, yeah. You know, I think it was a 3-2 slider. Uh, he punched out on some sliders earlier and, and uh, uh, really nice job. Not trying to do too much, and he is so strong and, and talented. If he just gets a good part of the bat, uh, you know, good good things happen. So uh, good at bat by him. Um, you know, we, we hung in there, and like I said, that was the story tonight, just, uh, you know, the big... Uh, three-run homers and our bullpen again. You know, I know it's it's tough some nights, uh, but you know we go three and a third. We don't give up anything tonight. Uh, really, really nice job by those guys. You know, it's it's a little bit. He's flying open, and I think when you watch it, you know that's where the ball leaks up the arm side, and and uh, he's got to learn how to make those adjustments. Uh, when he goes to a slider, he gets his release point back in there, and he stays gathered and closed, and and the ball goes where it's supposed to but the fastball right now a little bit of a challenge uh, but he you know he recouped he got it back into it 
um, you know, it is a process, and that's what happens. You're 22 years old. Yeah. It looked like brilliant timing on the defensive replacements in the outfield there. Uh... Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great play by O'Malley. It, it really was. You know, we got the lead. Um, you know, obviously, we, we brought Heredia up today, and, and um, talking about it earlier today is when you get a lead, seventh, eighth inning, depending on where we're at in our lineup, just to, to go ahead and, and run our, you know, I like football, so we'll call it our hands team. We'll, we'll run our hands team out there, and, and those guys can cover some ground, and big play by O'Malley. What did you Robbie went a lot Yes, he did. We ran no doubles and, and uh, hit a ball in the spot that I didn't know if anybody was going to get to. And, you know, Robbie didn't quit on it. A lot of second basemen, ah, that's not my ball. And he went after it right away. He knew where we were playing in the outfield. So, really heads up play by Robbie. Do you see that guy make that over the shoulder catch as easy as Omar Vasquez was pretty good at it, but uh, I, I like our guy on it too. Robbie does it very easily and, and uh, gets a good read on the ball and, and made a good, good route to it. You know, not an easy play. He made it look easy. Seegers rewarded you and the team on 3-0 green lights quite a bit, but your entire team has hit well when allowed in 3-0. I just, what kind of goes into that decision? It's a mindset, you know, of, of you can't be afraid to make a mistake. And a lot of times guys who don't like hitting 3-0 are uncomfortable, they're afraid of the negative. What happens if I pop it up? What happens if I roll it over? Uh, and our guys have, have kind of taken the approach, hey, uh, Skip believes in me, let's just let it rip. And that's, that's the, the mentality that I want our guys to play with, especially in those counts. So we needed. I mean, Pineda was thrown really good. You know, was at a shot there. He worked himself into a good count. Why not? You know, let it hunt. And, and he did. He didn't overswing. I think that's another thing guys do in 3-0 counts is they swing too hard. Kyle doesn't do that. He just knows if he gets a good part of the bat on it, good things will happen. And ball's flying out of Safeco this year. So we've got a few of those. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Nelson had done that before either. But uh, hit in a good spot, obviously, right down the line. Um, and again, a big add-on run. You know, giving a little bit of cushion to, to Diaz, and you know, he needed it. And they got the win. Nice win. They beat the Yankees. Now they'll try and take the series tonight. 7-10, first pitch. CeCe Sabathia going to go for the Yankees. Lefty who was off to a very good start this season for the Yankees, but uh, really, I mean, his first 11 starts were outstanding. His ERA just a touch above two. But his last 11 starts, his most recent 11 starts, an ERA that is hovering just below seven. So a big difference in halves for CC Sabathia. So he'll get a crack at the Mariners tonight. Mariners will try and take the series against the Yankees. And if things fall their way, again, could be tied for the second wild card. Mariners now five and a half back of Texas in the AL West. The Rangers have lost two in a row. They were off yesterday. They'll take on Cincinnati in Cincinnati this weekend, or the next three days, not weekend. But Cincinnati, that's a very different-looking series than the one the Mariners were there. Cincinnati actually has one of the best records in baseball since the All-Star break. So that is a much tougher series than it was well, even a few weeks ago. So that won't be easy for the Rangers. It'll be an interesting one to watch from afar. In terms of the wild card, it is, I mean, this is a race where so many teams are involved. You've got Boston and Toronto now tied in the East and tied for the first wild card. So Boston, Toronto, same exact record, 70 and 54. So they have the East lead and the first wild card. Now Baltimore has the second wild card, 68 and 56. They're up by a game on the Mariners. 67 and 57. 
Then you have the Tigers, two back of the M's, 65 and 59. The Astros, two and a half back of the Mariners. They've won four in a row. Kansas City, 64 and 60, uh, three back of the Mariners. They've won eight in a row. Now, Kansas City will take on Miami. Houston will be at Pittsburgh. Detroit will be at Minnesota. Mariners taking on the Yankees. Baltimore will take on Washington. Toronto has the Angels, and Boston has Tampa Bay. So not a lot of crossover this week until we get to the weekend. So we'll be keeping a close eye on all those games. And who knows when we talk coming up what things will be like for the Mariners. So right now, Mike Zanino has been such a huge part of what has gone on for the Mariners recently. We had a chance to kind of talk about his approach, what's been working, how good he has been. Here's the conversation. Fastball swing and a line drive into the gap. Right center field. That's down for a base hit. Seager will score from third. Lynn running third. Heading home. This one all the way to the wall. Finally picked up by Broxton. The throw into second. Mike Zanino into second base with a two-run double. Mike very quickly bought into the idea that every time he went to the plate, he was there to have a productive plate appearance for the team. And once he took on that mindset, uh, everything started flowing. The homers started leaving the ballpark. The walks became more frequent, and he was less likely to chase the slider away. And all those things lead to what, what you see today, and, and I think he's been fantastic and, and really an all-star skill set. Mike Blowers is here with us. Rick Riz, Gary Hill, and Shannon Dreyer. Mike, I'll start with you here. What's been the biggest difference you've seen with Mike at the plate since rejoining the team? I, I think that just his overall approach at the plate. I was making the comment last night on the broadcast that it's it's very apparent if, if you watch the game of baseball and if you've been a fan of Mike Zanino and you saw him over the last few years and especially last year in his struggles, it's apparent if you watch him now how different he is at the plate. And it's all in his approach. And I think that the main thing for me is it's a much softer approach for him. His stride is softer. Uh, his hands are more relaxed. His swing uh, for me is in control. And his head is in the hitting area all the time. Um, you don't see the wild swings from him anymore. He's not afraid to take pitches. Uh, look, when you're, when you're struggling like Mike was, and, and you know that everybody's talking about the strikeouts, your, your initial reaction, which is human nature, is to go up there, I'm going to swing at the first pitch that I can see just <laughs> so I don't strike out. That is going to kill you, and it's especially going to hurt you at this level. Um, so I, I think his overall approach has changed to the point to where he can be really productive. And I think, and I agree with what Jerry said, when you look at Mike and his skill set, if this is something that is going to continue, and it's granted, he's doing great right now, but it's a smaller sample size. I think that the thing he's taking away from this is he's gaining confidence. And with his ability, that can be scary to see what he's going to do. And I, I believe that if Mike is able to take this same approach into spring training and move it forward next year, um, in the all-star game yearly is going to be Salvador Perez and Mike Zanino. Wow. Yeah. I think it's been a total turnaround from the mental side of it uh, for Mike Zanino. You know, Ted Williams said, what do you do as a good hitter? Swing at a strike. He's eliminated that slider down and away. He's getting into great. Uh, hitting counts and he's doing a lot of damage but I think it all started with uh, the plan by the organization you heard, just heard Jerry DePoto say Scott Service flew to his home down in Florida sat down with him at breakfast and said this is what is going to be best for Mike Zunino 
And I think from the get-go, that freed up Mike saying, oh, they don't think much about me. They do. They thought so much about Mike Zanino to make that trip, to say, we want you to not worry about making the ball club at spring training. Go down there and take care of business. Scott Brosius did a heck of a job down there with him, the hitting coach down at Tacoma. Now Edgar has him. So I think from the mental side, he has rebooted himself. Uh, and now you see him with very productive uh, plate appearances. We see the results, you know, the home runs and the RBIs and the, and the decent and the good batting average. But to me, it's even the strikeouts. He had a nine-pitch strikeout. He had a ten-pitch strikeout. So he's battling. He's grinding out at bats. And it's a totally different Mike Zanino. And this kid is just going to take off from here. It's a big statement talking about an all-star skill set but I think it's a true statement I mean we've watched him defensively he's elite when it comes to framing and handling a pitching staff and everything else he is so good behind the plate and now you couple what he's doing offensively with that and you do have an all-star skill set and what really strikes me about watching as a bats and we heard Jerry DePoto reference it as well that outside slider we still see teams trying to attack him with that, but he's laying off it. We saw that right before the double last night. Kind of a check swing, but he checked it. He laid off the, the pitch that he would have swung through last year. Then he hits a ringing, a ringing double, drives in two more runs. His offensive game has been outstanding, catching up with has already been an elite defensive game. You look at what he's doing right now, and obviously he deserves so much credit. It's not an easy thing to be a big leaguer and to get sent down from the start and be told, hey, this is how it's going to be. I mean, there was entirely the possibility he could have been down there all year, although they were very upfront and honest about where he was at every moment, and I think he knew when things started rolling. And it wasn't you have to hit 300 down there. They just had to see the right things. I think he had a good idea of when he was going to be coming back. But when you look at what the organization was able to do with him and then you see what the minor league teams are doing right now, the entire approach, the entire teaching, to me it's just so fascinating that they have completely flipped a system and they've also been able to kind of take it as a place where guys can go down and get a tune-up as well. And just the success that guys are having uh, when they go down and when they come back. We've seen it with Aoki. You've seen it with James Paxton. You know, hopefully we're going to see it with uh, Taiwan Walker as well. Just, you know, all around the work that is being put down there on every level with every level of player, it, it's phenomenal. I, I, I think for myself, listening to that, Shannon, is it's amazing to me, and, and Jerry earlier when we were talking to him, is I think when you start concentrating on the approach, that's what it is, and not the results and not the stats of it all, and you just concentrate on the approach, as a player that takes so much pressure off of you because it simplifies everything. Mm -hmm. And what it reminds me of is a conversation that I have with my youngest son all the time who wants to play. He'll go up there, and if he hits the ball hard at the second baseman and makes an out, he thinks he's failed. And I said, actually, that was a really good at bat. That's a plus. Here it is in that column over. That's a plus. That's a good at bat. And that's what they're concentrating throughout their minor league system. And that takes so much pressure off of them because we get so caught up in the results. What, what, you know, how many hits did you have? Yeah. How many home runs do you have? Well, if you just think about the approach and that's all you're concentrating on, all that other stuff has a tendency to fall in line with it. And I, I think with Mike Zanino, he, he's bought in, and it's going to be scary. Um, to watch him go. His power is ridiculous. The home run he hit in Anaheim to right center, the double he hit to right center yesterday, that's the next step for me. Off the batter's eye. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, he, his, his talent is unbelievable, and I think that this is a guy that is going to hit 30 home runs for a number of years. 
I, I just I believe that in him. And this, this is what you needed to see. Uh, so the organization did a fantastic job with him across the board and give him a lot of credit because Shannon's right. It's not an easy thing to buy into, um, when you, especially when you have a lot of pride. And here's a piece that I've kind of been working on for a long time uh, during the course of this season. Dave Henderson passed away this past off season, uh, a big loss to the Mariners family and someone that was in the booth all the time. We saw him all the time and he was so fun to talk to about baseball and life and everything else. And always a big smile, always a good story. It severely missed. So I hope you enjoy this. I, I put it together. The other thing that I always marvel about Dave Henderson, and I tried to capture it in this piece, is he was there for so many of really the greatest moments in baseball history. He was right there in the game, in the moment, whether it was he himself, like against the Angels when he was with the Red Sox, that huge home run in the playoffs, or he was there when the ball went through Buckner's legs. He was there in the outfield when – Gibson hit the home run for the Dodgers against the A's. He was there in the Bay Area for the earthquake, the Quake Series. I mean, all of these magnificent moments, and that's just on the field. That's just on the field in baseball, and he touched so many lives along the way. So I hope you enjoy this, the tribute to Dave Henderson. The Mariners lost a family member over the offseason when Dave Henderson sadly passed away. Hendu will always hold a very unique place in Seattle Mariners history. He was drafted with the Mariners' very first draft pick in the first round, the 26th pick of the 1977 draft. And it didn't take long before Dave Henderson was making an impact in the major leagues for the Seattle Mariners. Fly ball to left, and it hits the foul pole. It's out of here. The sensational young rookie has home run number six. Hindu spent parts of six seasons in a Seattle Mariners uniform, and although his production was impressive, home runs, RBIs, batting average, they don't tell the entire Dave Henderson story. Here's Mariners broadcaster Rick Riz. I saw a guy that loved playing the game of baseball. He always had that megawatt gap tooth smile going. Uh, he loved the game, he loved to play it, and he was really good at playing the game the right way. The 0-2 pitch, swung on, fly ball deep in the right field. Brunanski going back, and this one is gone! The ball game is over! David Henderson wins it! Former Mariners catcher and teammate Dave Valley. His smile and the joy that he had playing the game of baseball, it just struck me how much fun this guy was having on a baseball field. Uh, I was totally the opposite. I was too too focused, over-focused, and uh, just watching him do, I, I always think, gosh, I wish I could approach the game of baseball like he does. The 2-1 pitch to David now, and the change curve is belted deep to left! It's a grand, grand salami! It will fly away! Former Mariners shortstop and teammate Spike Owen. His smile... His attitude, he's like a kid playing the game. And Spike Owen will always have a very unique connection to Dave Henderson. On August 19th, 1986, both traded to the Boston Red Sox, where Dave Henderson would take center stage in the playoffs. Red Sox-Angels, the Angels playing with a 3-1 series lead, top of the ninth inning, two outs, one on, Two strikes to Hendu. To left field and deep and down he goes back and it's gone. Unbelievable. You're looking.
One of the most famous home runs in postseason history, propelling the Red Sox to a series win and a meeting with the Mets in the 1986 World Series. Every kid in their backyard have always pictured this 3-2 count, you know, bottom of the ninth, you hit a home run, you go yay. We've all done that as little kids, but I actually got to do it in a major league game, in a playoff game, and do it. And it's one of those thrills that uh, will never leave me. Game six of the World Series, a tie ball game. Red Sox with a 3-2 series lead looking to win the World Series. In the top of the 10th inning, one swing of the bat, Hendu broke the tie. And a drive to left. Going back on it is Mookie Wilson, and this one is gone. Henderson has done it again. It would have been remembered as one of the most famous home runs in World Series history. Instead, an infamous play took its place. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. And that wasn't the only time Hendu was on the field for a spectacular and historical World Series moment. Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. The A's were swept by the Dodgers in that World Series, but Hendu and Oakland found themselves back in the World Series the very next season against the San Francisco Giants. And Hendu again present for a World Series moment that we'll never forget. Second base, so the Oakland A's take... take A devastating earthquake halted the World Series, a two-games-to-none lead for the Oakland A's at that point. It would not be continued for 10 more days. And when it did continue, Dave Henderson back to his heroics. And here's another towering drive to deep center field. Butler goes back and Henderson has hit his second home run. The Oakland A's would sweep that series and Hendu would claim a World Series ring. We play baseball, uh, you know, since we were kids and we all talk about winning. But everybody knows in baseball you don't win all the time. So actually winning the whole thing, it's just, uh, it's overwhelming. And the best thing is your family gets to watch. They get to take that ride with you. It's more about other people, and we just play the game, but we do get to brag with that big ring after it's all over. Dave Henderson played in four different World Series, 20 games overall, hit 324, launched four home runs in World Series play. An all-star game, 14 years in the big leagues. A World Series ring, MVP votes, but all of it pales in comparison to the impact he made with those around him. He's a lovable guy, man, and he's greatly missed not only you know for you know, when he played and everybody that he touched in the game of baseball, but as you mentioned, off the field. Uh, I don't know. I have never met a person that didn't love Dave Henderson off the field because of his presence, because of his smile, because of his positive attitude. Uh, he, he was. He's. Uh, He's sorely missed. Former teammate, neighbor, and Mariners ace, Mark Langston. Dave Henderson. We tip our cap to his career. We celebrate his legacy. And we miss our friend. How much fun he had on the field. How much fun he had off the field. But how caring he was towards other people. If you met him for the very first time and only took a second, you felt like you knew this guy your entire life. We talk about people lighting up a room when they walked in. He was like a comet.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.